0: It's great to be here with you. And uh, Meredith and I have been away for a couple of weeks on holidays. We uh, just took the opportunity to take a break, and it's been a busy start to the year. And we've got a busy six months to go, so it was really great to get away and have a bit of a rest. Uh, Meredith's actually um, in Adelaide at the moment, and she's there for about 10 days. She's spending four or five days with my mother. And uh, four or five days with her parents. And those of you that don't know me, I'm from an Italian background. Uh, My father came from a family of 10, my mother from a family of 12, but they only had one. One child, you're looking at him. And uh, that was because they looked at me, said, perfect, we don't need any (laughs) more. And uh, my father passed away about four years ago, and my mum's by herself. So I really appreciate uh, that uh, Meredith's able to be with her. But can you those of you that know Meredith, can you just imagine what's happening right now? Uh, and those of you that know my mother, um, because Meredith, you know she's quite uh, you know, able to do things herself, but mum would love to uh, you know tuck her in bed and uh, get breakfast for her. Can you just see that happening? Those of you who know Meredith, How many of you could see Meredith being tucked into bed? because every time. I go, that's what mum does. She wants to tuck me in bed and, you know, she, she actually gives us her bedroom. Can you believe that? She speaks, she sleeps in the spare room. She says, keep your door open. I say, why? She goes, because I want to check up on you at night. I mean, I, I get the spooks just thinking about it, you know? It's like a nightmare. She comes out in the dark and I won't tell you what she looks like, but it's quite scary. So, anyway, uh, but she's in good spirit. I just flew over just. Uh, less than 24 hours just to see her. And you know what, I really appreciate her prayers. She's been a praying mother. And uh, for those of you that have got kids, don't underestimate the power of prayer, especially parents' prayers. And, uh, you know, she's still, she's 82 years old. And, uh, you know, it's not easy for her. I thank God for my two children that are in Adelaide. They visit her. My daughter rings her every night, which is great. And my son sees her about two to three times a week depending on what the food thing is like at home (laughs) and talk about slipping money man does she slip money to him he's there all the time every time he goes over you need petrol money and off he goes anyway it's great great to be here with you and uh, we don't get the opportunity every Sunday to be here but uh, you know I'm so thrilled with what God's doing in the place I've got some good news how many of you want good news You know, sometimes you hear, I've got good news and bad news. Well, I don't have any bad news. I've just got good news. And the good news is, is that this week, I think it was Tuesday, we received uh, the Permit Council uh, certificate for our warehouse. Isn't that great? So give God a hand of praise for that. And uh, those of you that are new to our church, you know, we, we own the warehouse. It was a miracle journey, uh, but we own the warehouse, which is just adjacent to our car park. We, we really felt in God to take a hold. Actually, we bought that before we moved into this building. It was a real miracle. Uh, but we really bought that to um, so the church wouldn't get gridlocked and, um, you know, that we could build a community center. And already there's two counseling rooms there. There's a music school wanting to build a multi-purpose a place for people, different groups of people to meet. And praying through... Uh, you know, what God wants to do. So what I'm going to do is on Sunday the 30th of April, I don't know if that is up there, if we can put it up on the screen, but on Sunday the 30th of April, which is the last Sunday of this month, I'm going to be sharing and just updating you on some of the things that are happening uh, in our church and there's some exciting things ahead. Uh, The journey is still unfolding, there's still some pieces that are coming together and I just want to make sure that we do update you. I'm also very thankful for, uh, you know, we we oversight four churches, two of them are campuses, Uh, two of them are, uh, um, you know, quite big churches, this being one of them, and also the Victory Church in Bendigo. And the Bendigo Church had a satellite church at Wangaratta. And we oversight that church, and also we oversight the Alexandra church with Steve. So I don't know if I can have, can I have those pictures up there of those churches? Is that okay? There's some amazing things happening there, and I'm so, so thankful. This is our church in Alexandra. They all have buildings, isn't that great? And they've all got a place. So it's like we've put a, we've put our foot uh, into the cities and into the townships, and that's the Oasis Church, which is pastored by uh, Steve and also Olivia, and they're doing a great job, just starting to see some breakthroughs. The great thing about that was we're able to send some of our teams there to preach. The next church, can I have the next slide up? Um, this is our um, this is our Victory Church in Bendigo, and we took that church, uh, the leadership of that church over in, uh, I think it was August uh, last year. It had gone through uh, some difficult days, and it had You know, its numbers numerically dropped down to about 160. But you know what? Uh, That church is now uh, getting over 270 people a week. Isn't that amazing? And, um, you know, just a couple of months ago, they had 15 people baptised, 90 people in their discipleship course. So Steve and Jenny Maisie are doing an amazing job, and I really want to get them down here to preach one day, which will be great. Then we have the Wangaratta Church, which is more of a satellite church, and what is happening there is amazing. Again, another building, um, and I'm amazed. that Last year they really struggled to even get um, 10 people to the service, but they were holding a great Friday night community event where they were getting 40 uh, people out on a Friday night. And I just want to read this text to you if I can get my phone opened. I'm hopeless with technology. But this is a uh, Facebook message that came through from a person visiting the Friday night community uh, event that they hold. They hold every Friday night. They feed people. This Friday night, they had 75 people. Isn't that amazing? We need to give God a big hand of praise for that. And this is... From a a post, this post is on Facebook from a person who does not attend church but his family attends the Wangaratta church and they serve on Friday night. This is what it says. We had a free barbecue tea at church tonight along with the whole attending family clan. The barbecue salads, hot potatoes, desserts are put on by the church. And are free and open to everybody. I will be open and honest to say that the people lined up to eat there are not the people I would normally hang around with. But what I witnessed from people who, who, the staff who cooked, served and cleaned up after was nothing short of inspirational, emotionally challenging and of absolute grain of what the true human spirit should be. Um, let me see what it says. Here. I think we get lost with what we have. Sometimes need to take stock in what we can give back. There are many people out there who find themselves in far less fortunate positions than you and I. Sometimes it's bad choices people make, but for the most part, those people have been born into it and don't know any different, and it's become their normal. Not your own, my normal, or their normal, but their normal. I'm not a churchy guy, but if this is what church can offer, then put one on every corner. It isn't that amazing. And I just thought... It was incredible. The absolute generosity of the people who staff this, however, is not without risk. As both my father, his brother Pete, and wife Chris have all been assaulted offering this service, but yet they come back week after week to serve. Huge respect and hugely inspirational. Isn't that amazing? That's from an unchurched person, and that's what makes church all worth it because we give people hope and we give them a great. Glimpse of what the love of Jesus is. Do you know every year I um, pray uh, around September? I pray for a theme, and most of you know that. I pray for the theme that God puts on our heart. Sometimes I, I don't really know and I battle with the themes that God gives me. In September last year, 2016, God gave me the theme of faith. And you might say, Well, how does God speak to you? You know, it's, it's like a repetitive thought that keep coming to my mind and what happens is I I am in prayer, these repetitive thoughts keep coming and this theme kept coming about faith and about faith and I I thought it was pretty general and pretty broad and um, so I sort of sat on it for a while and then what happens to me, confirmation comes through either circumstances or because... um, you know, um, I'm talking to people or I'm reading something and and all of a sudden it just really consolidates in my spirit and I realise that God is speaking to me. And um, so when this theme came to me, uh, it's interesting because how many of you know that God reveals his purpose but he doesn't tell you how it's all going to pan out? How many of you have know that about God. See, God tells you a purpose and most of you, you know, you've got a sense of the purpose of God on your life. But this is what I've found out about God. He doesn't tell you how that's going to happen. He doesn't tell you the plan or the process or the paths that the unfolding purpose is going to take. A little bit like Moses. Can you imagine if you'd been Moses and God said to Moses, go and deliver my children from bondage. But can you imagine if, God had said to him, now Moses, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart and you're going to have to go through 10 tests, 10 plagues. Do you think Moses would have gone? I think he would have said, no, thank you, God. That's not the path I want to take. And uh, many of us are like that. God will reveal his purpose to you, but he doesn't give you all the pieces. That's why we have to walk by faith. Now that I stand in 2017 and I see some of the unfolding purposes of God, I can see why this has to be a year of faith. And uh, in... um in uh, you know, three or four weeks' time, I'm going to be just updating you, and there's still some things that are, that are unfolding. This whole uh, you know, the process of what's happening in the warehouse is actually a journey of faith. I've watched our staff be stretched. Uh, I've watched them in all four different locations of our staff being stretched. You know, I've seen uh, Charles being stretched, but isn't he doing a great job? He's doing a fantastic job. I've seen Greg being stretched, and I've seen our, you know, our, our part-time and full-time starch being stretched in all different locations. And I've seen that, um, you know, that they are processing the whole area of faith. Uh, there's about four or five weddings this year, and um, those young people that are getting married—they're they're stepping into a new realm of faith. How many people that are married can say amen to that? You know, there's the honeymoon, and then there's the war room. And uh, the war room is the place of prayer. And you'll be going to prayer quite a few times saying, God, change this person because this is not what I thought. I didn't think they were like this. Do you know sometimes, um, you know those of you who want to start a family and you have a child and, you know, you get the nursery ready and you think, isn't it fantastic and you've got all the right colours? Little do you know what is ahead of you. Uh, it is absolutely, that's why I love being a grandfather. I just love it because you can go and give the kid back, which is awesome, and enjoy the incredible journey. But, um, you know, all those of you that are, are building something, you know, uh, this morning I was praying, I was thinking of Jason and Kat. And, uh, you're sitting right in the back row there and you're building a house this year. It hasn't got, quite gone to plan, has it? It uh, hasn't got, quite got the timing. I was just thinking of you guys and do you know what? I just want to encourage you because sometimes God doesn't do things for us, but he does things in us. And I think in your journey, there's a lot of things that you're learning through this because God's preparing you for a whole nother level of ministry and effectiveness. And that's what God does. God actually prepares us in the stretching. And many of us had to put on a bigger jacket for this year. But today I want to take a Particular aspect of faith. I know over the last couple of weeks that our guys have been talking on faith, and I want to take a particular aspect of faith. They're different to try and capture faith and to try and understand faith. It's not easy because it is a a word that that needs explanation. It needs education, and when we think of faith, we think of things like hope. In Hebrews chapter eleven, it talks about hope. That you know, the assurance of faith is having a hope. When we think about faith, it's about believing. It is that we believe. When we think about faith, it's about having confidence. If you have faith in someone, you put your hope, you believe, and you put your confidence in them. If you have faith, you trust. And today, I want to talk about trust. I want to talk about the aspect of faith, but particularly this aspect of trust. Trust is a foundational pillar of faith. How many of you know this, that if you don't trust, you can't have faith? And it's actually a foundational uh, truth. Now, it's interesting, Clarissa and I did not have a conversation about what she was going to talk about today, but the text of my actual message today is Proverbs chapter 3, 5 to 6. So it's good that I believe that just God, again, confirming what I believe that he wants to speak to us through. So Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit or acknowledge in some passages or some versions it says to him and he will make your paths straight. This is such an encouraging scripture and yet it's so challenging because this scripture has three challenges. It says to trust God... And here's the first challenge, with all your heart. Now, we can read that, but how many of you know that's a challenge? The second challenge is don't lean on your own understanding, in other words, your own wisdom, where you are in control, but lean on him. The third challenge is in all your ways or all your decision-making I like this version because it challenges me to the core. It's not just acknowledge him, but submit to his principles and patterns. Now, if you do that, the Bible says this: the, the promise of it is that he will make your paths straight. The promise of it is not only that he will establish your path, but he will give you success and victory. Now, how many of you, let's be honest, let's have a let's have a little chat. How many of you have got trust issues? Put your hand up. Oh, only me. Okay, fantastic. All of you must. So holy. But you know, we if, we if we took the whole concept of trust, you know, how many of us have trust issues with people? And how many of us have trust issues with God? How many of us, let's ask a different question, can God trust us? That's a, that's a question I'd like to visit one day, I'd like to preach on. But... Do we really trust God with all our heart? What does that mean? What does it mean to trust God with all of our heart? So I want to just look at some things and just, let's look at some scenarios about trusting God. Here's the first one. Do you trust God when you go through the storms of life? Now remember, with all your heart. So let's, you know, I can trust God when things are going great. Who's with me? When things are going fantastic, I trust God. But do I trust God through the storms of life? You know, Mark chapter 4, Charles preached on it last week about going through the storm. Isn't it interesting that while they were on land, while the disciples were on land and, and seeing the miracles, they were fine. But when they went through the storm, it changed their ability to have faith and to trust God. You know, storms really are circumstances that are out of our control. So how do we trust God when the circumstances around us totally are out of control? In 2005, and many of you have heard the story, you know, in 2005, in in about five or six weeks, my family went through an incredible storm where, you know, my son Michael had to have brain surgery. He had an accident and had to have brain surgery. And then, you know, my mum, you know, through an accident, I won't go into details, but she burnt the house down at her home house, her home, um, she burnt it down. Down. Now, how many of you know those are storms? And boy, it's hard to trust God with all your heart. Here's another one. Do we trust God through our winter seasons? In John 15, it says that God prunes and he cuts, he's a gardener. But do we really trust God with all our heart? Do we not lean on our own understanding? And do we submit to his ways even when we go through winter seasons? How many of you have ever been pruned and cut? By God, put your hand up. Where God is cutting. Some of you right now are in a pruning season and you're going, God, what is this about? But it really challenges that real concept of do I trust God with all my heart? What about waiting for a promise? Boy, sometimes, you know, there's things that I'm waiting for. We've been waiting for this jolly, you know, certificate for over a year and a half. And I know that God has got great promises to unlock here. And if I said to you that, you know what, through it all, I have been incredible. I've not got frustrated. I've just trusted God. I'd be lying. There are times that I'm waiting, and I'm waiting for the promises of God. Abraham was a classic who was in a holding pattern of a promise. There are some people here today, you are in a holding pattern of promises, and you know what happens is those, are, those can be dangerous times because just like Abraham, you know, because Sarah convinced him, hey, this ain't going to happen. We are not going to have this child. They take plan B. You've got to be really careful. You've got to listen to what God is saying. What's God saying to us? Do we really trust God? What about changes and transition? How many of you love change? Do we trust God through the changes and transitions of our life? Particularly when you're going through change and you're going through a season of change and you have to let some things go. You know this year my world changed and it's going to change again this year in another dimension. And I've had to let some things go. And some of the things I've had to let go, I've had to let them go with trust. But whenever you go through a season of change and transition, you will go through the process of having to let some things go. Now, that is not easy. How many of you know that? What about, here's a real challenge. Do you trust God when God says no? Now, you're saying, Pastor, you're messing with my doctrine and philosophy this morning because God never says no. Now, how many of you know God says no sometimes? Who's ever had God say no to them? You know, talk to Paul. Talk to the Apostle Paul. Who in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he says, he cries out to God and says, God, I've got this thorn in my flesh. Would you please remove it? And God says no. Now, how many of you know God is a good father? Yeah. If you're a parent, you will understand that there'll be times in your life where you will have to say no to your children. Now, why do you say no to them? Is, is it because you're trying to harm them? Or is it because you see the bigger picture? You know, I've become a grandfather and boy is it hard saying no to my little grandson. Breaks my heart. And I've said no to him a couple of times and his little bottom lip starts to quiver. And I start to melt. I give in. I've got to be honest with you, I do give in. (laughs) His mother doesn't. It's really interesting watching my kids and I'm thinking to myself, I said no to you and you reacted so much and now you're saying no. But God sometimes says no to us and do we trust him with all of our heart when he doesn't give us the right response? Here's another one. Here's another one just to challenge us. What happens when we don't understand the process or we can't see what God is doing? Can you imagine if you were Joseph and if you study the story of Joseph where where God reveals his purpose He has two significant dreams that undergird his life for the rest of his life and then all of a sudden he goes into a reversal. The reversal of the dream begins to happen and friends, let me tell you that the reversals of dreams are so important because God has to prepare the dreamer for the dream. It's so important. And you know, all of us, I think, can tick, these areas. I think all of us have had some level of challenge in every one of these areas. But the question I have to ask is, do we trust God with all our heart? It's a huge question. This is what happens when we don't trust God. Let me just give you just some thoughts very quickly about when we don't trust God. You know, when you don't trust, and this is, this is true in any relationship, you know, trust is the foundation to wholesome and healthy relationships. And if you don't trust God and you don't trust people, you withdraw. But here's some difficult things to do when you don't trust. First one is you don't obey. You know, a lot of people, it's not the obedience is the issue, it's the trust. Because you will not obey anybody that you don't trust. And, you know, the enemy knows that, and so he'll come in and he'll try to blur the state of affairs and the circumstances around you so that you don't fully obey God. Trust and obey. We don't follow. When we can't trust, we don't follow. It's amazing how many times what happens is, you know, um, We ask people to follow us and God asks us to follow. But if we don't trust, we can't follow. Here's a really big one. Do you know that if we don't trust, we don't submit? We can't surrender. It's so difficult for us to actually surrender our lives and submit to God if we don't trust Him. Here's another one we don't connect. A lot of times we can't connect with God because we don't trust God. And it's so important that if you are going to follow God and his purpose and his plan and his will for your life, then you need to connect with God. Here's another one. You don't step out in purpose. Many times when you don't trust and God is telling you to step out, when you can't see, it's very, very difficult to trust him. Do you know when we first came to Melbourne, um, we, we couldn't see the whole picture. We, God gave us a purpose. God spoke to us about what he wanted to do. He never told me how he wanted to do it. I wish he had. Mind you, I think if he had, maybe I wouldn't have come. But we, I've had to step out in faith. I've had to step out when I just could not see. I did not know. And many times when you don't trust, you don't step out. There are people sitting here today and you've stopped stepping out in the purpose and you've stopped stepping out in the things that God has for you because there's been some things that have happened in your life that have stopped trust and you've not been able to build the faith level that you've wanted. Do you know when you stop trusting, you don't give? How many of you notice that? You don't give of yourself. You don't give of your resources. You don't give of your time. You know, I've seen and watched people, um, and this has happened to me. Hey, I'm not up here, you know, standing up here as Mr. Perfect. I know that when I've had hurts or pain or disappointment, I know what's happened to my heart. That's why this is so challenging, because it says to trust God with all your heart. Not parts of it, not portions of it, but with all your heart. And I know with me that when all of a sudden there's been some pain or hurt, then what I've done is I've actually withdrawn myself and withdrawn my time and withdrawn my resources from the purposes of God. Here's another one. When you don't trust, it's hard to love. Do you know that trust is a foundation to relationships? Do you know that this is the reality of it? The level of trust determines the depth of love. Do you want, can I say that again to you? Do you know that the level of trust will determine the depth of intimacy and love? If you don't trust, you know, my wife and I, you know, we've been married for 34 years. And there's got to be high levels of trust for us to have a successful functioning marriage. Now, Meredith teaches an in Inside Out. Uh, those of you who have done her course, she's written a book called Inside Out, and, um, you know, in that course, she teaches that you should never, ever put 100%. And when I first heard this, I sort of reacted to it, because I was in her course doing it, and I said to her after, I, I said, that just messed with my mind. She said, you, you should never put 100% trust in one person or in, in a person. I said, don't you trust me 100%? You know what she said? No. How many of you think she's got some trust issues? Put your hand up. How could you not trust me? She was saying you've got to have a really high percentage of trust, about 95 and higher, in the person you're married to. But she says we are human. You've got to allow for humanity. Let me explain it to you. So Meredith and I have a high level of trust towards each other, 95% and above. But I'll tell you some areas she doesn't trust me in. She doesn't trust me when she gives me a letter to mail. Because on many occasions, she has said, mail this letter. This is urgent. And I want you to make sure you're not going to forget. And trust me, I'm not going to forget. Three days later, she's in the car and it's somewhere in the car. Now, this has not happened on one occasion. This has happened on about three or four occasions. And so she's my trust level is not 100%. It's my humanity. Uh, when we first got married, she didn't trust my cooking. I don't know why. Uh, and I think it came about because one time I was, the kids wanted popcorn. And she was at music practice, and they were, you know, when your kids start bugging, Dad, I want popcorn, Dad, I want popcorn. And I'd noticed that Meredith used this glass container to do popcorn. And so I got this glass container, and I put it on the, the oven, and I was waiting for everything to pop. Well, I'll tell you what popped, the whole glass just shattered everywhere. And, you know, the kids, lucky the kids were away from it, we would have had some damage. But they kept at me, Dad, we want pops. So I cleaned it all up. And I thought, why does it work for her and not for me? So I I got a stainless steel pot. Well, we had to throw the pot away because the whole thing. So she didn't trust me. So, so, you know, when it comes to human relationships, you, you do need to use wisdom. But in covenant relationship, if you've got 95 or less, we've got some issues. But with God, God says, trust me with all your heart. Sometimes I think that, you know, we have calculated faith. Um, I, I think we, we make calculations with God depending on how we trust Him. We calculate what the damage is going to be if it goes wrong. How many of you do that? How many, do we do that? Is it just me? I think sometimes we do, I think sometimes we calculate things and go, well you know what, I better have plan B, C and D just in case it doesn't work. And yet God says, will you trust me with all your heart? Sometimes we have cautious faith. And I think we have cautious faith and there's reasons for it. And I I really feel sometimes when God is asking us to do something we have cautious faith and there's reasons for it which I'm going to get to in a minute. Sometimes we have crisis faith, we only bring our faith out when we've gone a crisis. And that's not how God has intended us to live. So why do we find it hard to trust? What is it, what are the things that make it difficult for us to really surrender and to give ourselves 100% to God? We're all on a journey. Now, here's the first thing. I think is the first thing is what Clarissa was alluding to this morning is that we don't really know God. We don't really know his nature and his character. And that's why it's so important and what you know, Greg said it too, he said today that you know, Christianity is not a set of rules, it's a relationship with God. And if you have become a Christian and you've given your life to Jesus Christ, then you've got to know who you serve and you've got to know the nature of God to see about his promises. I love Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 because it says, "'Know therefore that the Lord your God is a faithful God who keeps covenant promises.'" with his steadfast love to those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Isn't this the faithfulness of God, that God's promises to us aren't just for us, but they're to our families, to a thousand generations? Isn't that amazing about the faithfulness of God? You can put your hope and trust in God that the promises that he makes with you are not just for you, but they're for your children's 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 children and that's the promises of God but do you know what you've got to get to know God and just like any other relationship do you know that there, there is there is like the, the the courtship there is you know and that's why God's given us marriage to try and understand the process or the journey that we have that we go on with God do you know when i first met meredith do you know my trust level was quite low Because I didn't really know her. 34 years down the track, let me tell you this this girl, she is amazing. Now, what I want you to do is, those of you, many of you, whenever I talk about Meredith, you always go and tell her all the stories, the wrong things I say. Can you go and, when she comes next time, say, Your husband just raved about you? But she is a rock. She is amazing. I am so blessed. She's steadfast, she's loyal, she's faithful. And we've been through some tests in life, but why can I put my trust in her at that high level, except in those little things that are more personality? See, there's a big difference. You know, when you have to, if you if you lack trust in someone because of their character, well, there's some issues. But if you lack trust because of personality issues, they are a bit different. That's just your personality. But if they're character issues, that's where we have some really challenges but you know what the, this is I've been a christian since I was 11 years old and can I say this man I've been through some storms I've been through some ups and downs but can I say this God is faithful God is not just good he is great Every time that we have been through a storm, every time there's been things that I have not understood, every time God has at sometimes he said no to me and I have reacted. I wish I could say to you that I didn't spit the dummy, I didn't do the bottom lip. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, when God has said I've got angry at God, I've got frustrated at God, but you know what? Down the track I look back and think, thank God he said no. Thank God he said no. Because he knew something. He could see something I could not see. Every time that we've stepped out in faith, and and let me tell you, that has not happened just once in our life. We've moved locationally on quite a few times, sometimes just stepping out on the faithfulness of his word. Because I know that God is true to his word. You cannot separate God from his word. It's a shame today that you can't take people's word for gospel. You You know, these days we have to have contracts and all sorts of things. Years ago, you could just shake somebody's hand on their word. We've lost that whole level of trust. And no wonder our society has got, you know, wrong perspectives of God. But we don't trust God fully because we don't know him. And my heart as a church and as your pastor is, you know, and and what, you know, Clarissa was saying this morning, get to know God. And with time, you will see that he is faithful he will never leave you he will never abandon you he will never forsake you he will he will take you through those storms and i want to tell you something that sometimes it's interesting this passage in math you know in in mark because you know the disciples they had jesus in the boat but did they really know him you got to ask the question they had him in the boat they'd seen him do the miracles and sometimes I think we, we know God in his miracle power, but, but do we actually know God in his character? Right, right. That's why the Bible says that, you know, that the children of Israel knew the acts of God, but, but Moses knew the person of God. And sometimes we know the acts of God. Sometimes, you know what, we, we, we actually focus more on what God will do for us than who God is. But I can, I can say to you, as a person who's followed Jesus Christ, and I've seen his love over and over and over in my life. I've seen him take me through things that I never thought. I, I've, I've seen him do things, and he has always, 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 always come through. I would put the name of Jesus on any, on any piece of paper and say, this is true. You can follow. You can give your life to this person, and he will come through for you. He did it on a cross. He didn't do it just with his name. He did it with his blood. That's why I trust him. We've got to know God. Here's another one. You know, we project our lack of trust because our past hurts in earthly relationships. I'm not going to get through this message today. But we have had an extra hour so we can stretch it. (laughs) Because your body clock is actually not saying for you to eat yet. So what do you reckon? Let's stay for an extra hour. Who reckons? Put your hand up if you want to do that. Oh gosh, I'll tell you what. I've just been deflated. Let me just finish with this. Do you know, we... Sometimes we don't trust God because of past hurts in our earthly relationships. There's three very quickly. Number one is our romantic relationships. That's where we get a broken heart. You know, more songs and more money has been made out of the songs about broken hearts than any other jolly music theme. Can you know, do you know that? It's actually a stat. More songs about, are written about broken hearts than about good relationships. No wonder we're messed up. And we buy them. We actually we sing them. I was going to sing a few to you this morning, but I thought I better not. I'll never forget, you know, when I was 19 years old, you know, the first girlfriend I had, the first girl that I gave my heart to, can you believe it? She broke my heart. She actually dropped me. Now, how could you drop this? I mean, how could you? And, and you know, this is the amazing thing. She broke my heart twice because she dropped me. And she gave me this spiritual reason why she couldn't go out with me anymore. Because she goes, do you know Nick, I really, you know, I really feel that God wants me to get closer to you, to him. I wish it was me. Closer <laughs> to him. And so I feel that this relationship is in the way. We need time. We need time. And so I really feel we need to get closer to God and then we'll see what God does. Well a week later she was going out with another bloke. <laughs> she brought him to youth. He was sitting next to her. I didn't know who he was. So I thought he was just a friend. Then I, then, and it, there's all the whispers going around in the youth group. Everybody knew, bar me. Three months later, she drops him. She starts hanging around, so I took her back. <laughs> yeah, just dumb. Have you heard of dumb and dumber? Well, you're looking at him. Dumb and dumber. I took her back. Three months after that, it was off again. Well let me tell you I was 19 years old I was then then I was about 21 I think it lasted over 2 years Do you think that messed with me Absolutely I couldn't even process life I was you know, I was still a young man and I had major trust issues I mean when I met Meredith you know I had to work through some of them So there's, and I won't go into this, there are romantic situations sometimes that happen where we we get damaged, we get hurt because you see when you give your heart to someone you're saying, will you keep it in good care and will you keep it with promise? So when you get a broken heart, promises are broken. Here's another side is family relationships. You know, blood is thicker than water. And sometimes what we do is we project our pain of trust because of the broken relationships we've had, either with the parents or either with siblings. And I'm amazed, you know, I'm absolutely amazed. You know, I had to fly back to Adelaide, you know, last week and we had a family relative, she was 95, pass away and she'd really lived a great innings. But some of the family squabbles, I just thought to myself, Why? Why do we do this to each other? And, you know, I love Italian culture. I love it. I love the food. I love the closeness. There's so many things I love about it. But I tell you what, mate, you do something wrong against an Italian, it's all over. It's done, done and dusted. There's no way back. There's no ability to reconcile or nothing. And sometimes these family relationships where you give your heart and they're so sensitive, uh, what happens is when you get hurt and damaged, they become very painful and they affect the lens of how we see God. Then there's institutional relationships. I don't really like to use this word, but there's institutional relationships. And and what do I mean by that? I mean those relationships that are authority relationships, leadership relationships. You know, people like coaches or teachers or um, pastors. Now, do you know, this this is a reality, do you know most people... Leave churches not because of vision. Most churches, we have great vision. In Australia particularly, we are blessed. The, the Australian churches are unbelievable. Right throughout the world, our churches are still being visited because of the incredible vision and purpose we've got. Trouble is, people leave churches not because of, because of vision, they leave because of trust. It's really hard for me, and I'll be dishonest with you, you know, as a pastor... I think one of the hardest things for me to process, if someone would come up and say, I don't trust you. Now I've had that, those comments made to me over the years and some people, they've been justified in making those comments. I've, I was a young ministry and I've had to learn, I've had to grow. Sometimes we've, had to, we've moved into new churches and, and we've taken the leadership and people have every right to say, I don't trust you. Of course not, trust has to be earned. Did you hear what I said? Trust has to be earned. But gee, it's hard. And if you've been hurt by a pastor or you've been hurt by a family member or you've been hurt in a a close relationship, those do blur. Those things blur our, our trust with God because we're human. And I just want to close with this. I just felt that it's really important that as we go ahead to fulfill the purpose of God upon our life, and, and I want to say this very, very clearly, I believe that God has a great mandate for this Christian community. How, how many of you believe that? Yeah. I, I believe that God's got an incredible purpose for this church. We're not the only church. There's some incredible, great churches in this place. And we need to work with them. We learned we need to walk along. The, along some. They've got different expressions to us. That's okay because we're all building his kingdom. How many of you know that? We've got to have trust. But, gee, it really, it really does challenge me to the core. When I read the scripture in Proverbs where it says, Trust God with all your heart. And I know, and, this, and I'm the pastor, I know that I've had to go with a journey with God because these three areas here, romantic relationship, family relationship, institutional relationships, sometimes they can blur the perspective of God's nature and sometimes we don't have faith and we don't trust because of what's happened to us in the past. I believe that God, if we're going to move into the dimensions and what God has for this church, and already I'm starting to sense that there's a, new, there's a new stage, there's a new level of what God wants to bring us to. That there's a whole fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit that God wants to pour out upon us. I believe that God wants us to step into realms that we haven't stepped into before. I believe that there's things that God wants to unlock. But I'm very, very aware Because we might have four or five different churches that we we have influence over and we care about, but we don't want it. It's very important. We're not going to substitute or we're not going to dismiss the reality that this is a local assembly. It needs to be a family. How many of you know that? And I just felt today that there's some people here, and when we talk about faith, it's not that you don't want to have faith. But there's some things that have happened to you in the past that have affected the way you believe, the way you have confidence, the way you put your hope and the way you trust. And it's okay for us to have this theme and say, look at what's happening and look at what's... But you know what? I want to take us all on the journey. I want you all to grab a hold of what God has got for your life and God has got for our life. Why don't you stand to your feet just for a moment? We're just going to have a God moment just for a moment. Some of you this year, you're being stretched. Some of you this year, you're in transition. Some of you, you're in pruning. Some of you, you're in different stages of your walk. And, and here we are as, as your leaders. And here we are as your leaders saying, trust. And, and come on, let's grab a hold of faith. And grab a hold of everything God's got for us. Because he wants to take us into a whole new realm. He wants to unlock his purpose to restore, to raise up and to release. You know, the days of this church where we're, we're coming into that new, we're coming into a whole new stage of releasing is just it's knocking on the door. But boy, it's going to take big people of faith. How many of you want to be a big person of faith? How many of you want to grab a hold of, you know, and this isn't these principles aren't, true, aren't just true for the church. They're true for your own personal life, for you, whether you're a business person, whether you're in a marriage, whatever journey you're on, these principles are true. So just for a moment, I'd like every eye closed just for a moment. If you've been, you say, Pastor, it's, it's okay to talk about faith, but boy, I get challenged. To give God my whole heart, you mean my I mean it's okay. I'm gonna give him parts of it, but I don't know if I'm gonna give him my whole life. I'm not asking you to give you to give me your to, to give your heart to me. I'm fallible, I've got, I've got weaknesses. I I pray to God that I don't let you down. But I might. I won't do it purposely or consciously, but I might. I, I might some somewhere along the line I might do something wrong. Pray for God's grace. But this isn't saying trust Nick Rescue with your whole No, it's saying trust God with your whole heart. And if there's been some things that have happened, I just feel that God wants to rebuild faith and trust. And if that's you today, I just feel the Holy Spirit just really just doing some deep work. And maybe something has happened. It's okay. God gives you time to rebuild. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up and say, Pastor, today, would you pay, pray for me? Would you do that? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, let's all of us just put our hands out in front of us. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you. We're on a journey as a church community. We understand, Lord, that there are challenges to our journey. Lord, that sometimes we don't understand all the things that are happening. But Lord, we want to be a place We want to be a people that truly trust you with all our heart. With all our heart. Just like Jesus did when he came to the Garden of Gethsemane. Every emotional thing inside of him was screaming. But he was able to say, not my will, but your will. Holy Spirit, help us, speak to us. Help us to be a people that trust our God with all our heart. That we don't lean on our own wisdom or understanding and that with a willing heart we submit to your principles and your patterns. Father today we give you praise come on lift your hands high just for a moment and just give him praise just for a minute and say God today I want I want to trust you do you know the Holy Spirit right now is doing some deep work shifting some things in some people's minds right now. I, I, I just really sense there's just some some you know preconceived ideas there's just some thoughts that have have got really rigid, really rigid. And God's just unlocking them and saying, hey, child of God, child of mine, son, daughter, come. Take that step again. Some of you have stopped stepping forward. Some of you have been holding back. Some of you have been going, man, I I just don't know where I'm at. But you know, God says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Father, we thank you for that right now. Come on, just, just for a moment. Just begin to thank him and bless him. Father, today, we praise you. We bless you. Thank you for your faithfulness and for your love. Lord, today as we go, Father, we're, many of us are being stretched and challenged. And, but Lord, we know that the, the steps that you've ordered for us are good. The paths you have ordained for us are good. Father, they are, Lord, they are paths that will build and paths that Lord will build for generations. So, Father, today we come and we wholeheartedly surrender to you afresh. We surrender afresh to you, Father, in Jesus' precious, in Jesus' precious and holy name. Come on, I want you to give God a hand of praise and just thank Him today. Fantastic! Hey, thank you for listening today and. We're not going to end off with a song, but, you know, I just really wanted you to, this week, just contemplate on this thought Uh, because I don't believe the work's finished. I believe some of you are going to get home and just some of these thoughts are just going to keep resonating in your spirit and let God really speak to you. Hey, there's some coffee out there. Meet somebody new and God bless you. Have a great, great day. Enjoy today. God bless you.